This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. UFOs, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making Veritas possible. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to all segments of tonight's interview, which, by the way, has an extra segment, three hours. And you can also listen to all of our material, be part of the Magical Forum, Veritas TV, and everything else we have to offer. Like the Veritas page on Facebook and visit it frequently. It is updated daily with news you won't get in the mainstream. To get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Tonight, we have a three-hour show for you. There is so much discussed that it was very difficult to even assign a title to it. We were caught off a few times, and I even had to hide a few of those, but left a couple just for illustration purposes that the material that will be discussed is important. It all started when I watched an episode of UFO Hunters years ago. One of the participants of that episode had what he deemed was an implant, and Dr. Roger Lear surgically removed it. Years later, I noticed how that episode left many important aspects of that story out. 
instead of a, an alien implant. It could have been placed there by our intelligence apparatus. The show producers cleverly left that out. And tonight, we discuss how the mainstream media purposefully confuses and disinforms to pursue their own agenda. When you consider that in 1983, 50 companies owned 90% of the media, and by 2011, six companies owned the same 90%, you may come to the conclusion that this consolidation has a purpose. And tonight's special guest, Jeff Harvey, will discuss this. Ways to improve your health and to be more vigilant about what is put in our food, water, and minds. This and much more for the next three hours, right now on Veritas. Jeff Harvey is a technologist and healing arts practitioner working with emerging technologies in the healing field. Jeff specializes in chronic disease reversal and accelerated deep tissue wound healing. Jeff is a board-certified quorum nutrition consultant. He spent six years in the United States Navy Electronics Unit assigned to the USS John F. Kennedy CV-67 Intelligence Center and worked four years in industrial infrared moisture detection and sampling to six decimal places. Jeff has actively worked 10-plus years in health research. He is highly trained in low-frequency sound therapy and works closely with various naturopathic physicians and medical doctors to provide integrative support. Jeff completed continued education classes from the American Naturopathic Medical Association and is highly sought out to speak on national and international radio shows about healing and detoxification. He has been interviewed by Coast to Coast AM and many others. His YouTube videos and interviews are available to all. And to learn more about Jeff Harvey and his work, visit his website at jefftech.net. That's J-E-F-T-E-C-H dot net, which is also linked to our website. And directly from somewhere in Pennsylvania, I'm glad to have Jeff Harvey here on Veritas for the first time. Hello, Jeff, and welcome. How are you? Hello, Mel. It's my pleasure to be with you. Great to have you on. And Jeff and I have been corresponding for the past few weeks Jeff, just so that the audience knows, it was a few weeks ago, someone referred me to a video of an interview conducted by our mutual friend and colleague, John Kelly, over in Canada. And before that, I was recommended to watch an episode of the, I'm not sure that this is still in the air, on the air on TV, UFO Hunters, but it dealt with your uh, alleged implants and how they were removed, and we'll dive into this after. But this is what prompted me to get in touch with you, because some of the things you discussed during that interview were fascinating, some are worrisome, and I would like our audience to learn more. But tell us tell us more about you, uh, your childhood, your background, because this is honestly really fascinating. Well, this is an interesting ride, because in the last week, I using very specific high-tech devices like the Shiva neurostimulation system and radionics devices like the RAD5, I uncovered one more deep hidden memory from childhood. And I'll go over that in a moment with you. Uh, but basically, I grew up very young um, with a lot of anomalous experiences like most children do. They see uh, images in their room at night, dark shapes, uh, entities, and things of that nature. 
And usually, like I did, um, I was scared to death. So I just pulled the covers up over my head and hid down there. But what happened was, is that there is a really deep-seated memory that just came out recently after using the hippocampus signal for memory research on the angular gyrus. And I got some very interesting effects from it in that I actually uncovered in session a technique I developed when I was a very, very small child um, when different types of entities attempt to contact you you will find that just on the edge of dream state, when you're in theta on the upper level, just before you drop into full sleep, you will get images that come into your mind. And when they come in, most of the time, it's just your imagination and your mind pulling images out of the day's effects and things like that and adding them in just before you drop into dream state where it takes that information and makes up your dream state to teach you lessons and other things. In this case, there was actually an entity attempting to contact me, and I realized in this state when I was doing the recent Shiva session about a week ago with the angular gyrus uh, using the hippocampal signal, I noticed my nervous system, as soon as the image came in, it instantly shut the image off and it blocked the entire thing. And I was like, well, that's odd. And then I realized that I remembered doing that as a small boy. And I haven't remembered that since I was a small boy. I lost a lot of memories over the years. And so I actually remembered developing it right there. And I remember using my mind and my nervous system to develop that reaction to shock my system enough to cancel any incoming communication. And when you learn about remote influencing, you'll realize that that's one of the first stages is an initial contact. Sometimes an image is transmitted to you. And then when you respond to it favorably, then full contact can be initiated and it can work with the conscious or the subconscious. So that was kind of staggering. So I realized that at a very early age, I was getting contacts that I didn't know and I didn't want because obviously I didn't know, I didn't have a frame of reference uh, for what it could be. So I was very scared. And I grew up in a small town in uh, Eastern Pennsylvania with a population of 500 people, very small town, very, very countryish. So it wasn't like there was a lot of advanced knowledge anywhere where I lived. So after that, my dad, um, shortly after that, had taught me a couple of hermetic exercises for controlling the mind and the body. And that evidently stimulated all kinds of new experiences. I got to the point where in a dream state, I could invite somebody in to play a softball game in my dream. And then the next day, I would go see that person and I would talk to them about the game we had played in my dream state similar to what you notice in the movie Inception, except a little bit different. But you can actually cross dream states with people and have mutual dreams. And so that was something that occurred. Then later on in high school, I learned that I had a whole group of other things that I could do, um, like influencing the mind of another person across the table from me. So when I learned this, um, was not long after that that I realized I was going to be an operative. Um, I didn't know where, I didn't know how, 
and I'm not going to go into how I knew I was going to be. But basically what happened was when I got to my high school year, uh, my 12th grade, I made sure that there was no photo of me in the high school yearbook um, knowing what I was going to be doing because I didn't know what my assignments would be. So when I went into the Navy and enlisted, um, they quickly found out that I didn't have much respect for authority and I was willing to go toe to toe with the best. And I did. I went up against a drill sergeant, um, tried to make me do 20 more push-ups after the first 20. And I said, I can handle that. No problem. He said, well, I can do this all day. And I said, great. Why don't you get down here and prove it to me and we'll see which one of us is better. Well, he didn't have a choice. He had to do it. And I whipped him quite handily. So after that, they made me a squad leader because it's either that or throw you in the brig. And after that, I had a situation in graduation in boot camp where I was leading my squad of men past the parade stands with all the senators and folks like that, the admirals, the media. And we did something rather brazen in front of them. And it sent shockwaves and gasps all through the, uh, the group. So right after that, there was a group of men that contacted me after they found out what I had orchestrated. And they realized that I would be good for being an operative in the counterintelligence group that was watching the military. And these are a group of people who are in a international militia. And basically, they knew that the military had been usurped by the Jesuit New World Order. And they wanted me to keep an eye on what was going on, provide information in case they were planning something really nasty. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't privy to the 9-11 attacks, or I would have certainly leaked that out as they were orchestrated. And so that really got me into the intelligence business in a very strange way because I didn't go through a CIA school where you get really great training. I was thrown in the middle of it. I had to learn body language to a professional level and a little bit of neuro-linguistics programming so that I could actually survive doing what I did because I was assigned to the John F. Kennedy to work in the intelligence center on the briefing system, which briefed all the pilots. It had cameras and microphones and ready rooms, combat information center, the captain's bedroom. Um, I got caught monitoring one time and um, he came across the 1MC loudspeaker system and said, uh, how come the light's on on the microphone in my bedroom? <laughs> and I was like, well, clearly I made a mistake here. And I go, oh, I was just doing some testing. I forgot to turn that off. Sorry about that. Of course, by that time, they kind of figured out something was up. But at any rate, I, uh, I enjoyed what I did in there because I knew that these were some bad people doing some bad things right alongside of some really great people doing some good things. So it was very early I learned that the Jesuit New World Order doesn't just control our government, it controls all the militaries and just about every organization all over the planet. They let's have go, members. and I mean to interrupt you, Jeff, but let's go in steps because, of course, this is something we've been discussing lately and a lot of other alternative shows don't even touch this. You'll never get it in the mainstream media and I don't think that even alternative likes to touch this. But you mentioned the Jesuit... New World Order. When did you find a connection? Well, I, from childhood, um, I grew up in the Catholic faith. I was an altar boy. Yeah, like me. 
not of my own volition. My my mother thought it was a great idea. But when I found out that they were basically, I asked, you know, I was in the back in the rectory one time counting the money in the basket from the collection. And I said to the guy, I said, look, I said, what's all this going for? What does this do? And he goes, well, that's for the poor in the community and around the world. And I was like, wow, that's great. This is really good news. So I went out and I started looking around in our town as a young boy would of altar boy age. And I noticed all these very poor widows up on Charles Street. And I was like, wow, they're in rough shape. I hope he's taking care of them. And these are women who were old. Their husbands had died. They could barely buy groceries, let alone medicine. I mean, they just literally were in the most poverty-stricken condition there was. And they were ill, most of them. Well, I came back about another year or two later, and nothing had changed. They got worse. And I was looking, and this guy is getting brand new cars every year. He's putting all kinds of ornate things on the rectory, the church, his home, built a, a, rec a recreation center over there so he could house his vehicles uh, under the guise of it was for the kids up in the top floor to play ping pong. So I realized they weren't putting the money out where they were supposed to. So I knew these were bad people from the get-go. And later on, I found out that the Catholic Church is one of the largest landholders in the world. So it didn't take long to figure that out. And when I was in the military, their footprints were everywhere. And I mean everywhere. See, how it, see I always think of the, the phrase, thou shall not kill. When you think of, of the Pope, for example, he's always talking about peace. But yet, in the background, they're always connected with war. You better believe it. And war is an interesting term, because as you know, it takes two sides to make war, correct? You can have 15 sides, but it takes at least two to create a war. The people who are aggressing and the people who are defending. And sometimes it's a mutual thing, like you have with Palestine and Israel, except Israel was the original aggressor. So there's a lot of these things that go on. And when you realize that what they do, like most of their organizations, they all have philanthropic organizations that they donate money to, um, like Bill and Melinda Gates with their work in vaccinations overseas, which, as we all know, are extraordinarily toxic. And many of these other groups, they will have trust funds and foundations that they actually use for money laundering. And very little of that money actually goes where it's supposed to. So this is very deep. And the way they do it is, is they put out one face, but then behind the scenes, they are orchestrating every single conflict across the globe. And I know, Jeff, that most people who listen to us probably contributes to cancer or heart or you name it. But it was in 1996 or 97 when I moved to Tucson. I was working for a company at the time, and I was sent to audit the MDA, the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And first of all, I noticed that their building was beautiful. It's actually one of the most, at the time, if not the most expensive, one of the most expensive pieces of property in all of the, the city. And when I got in, I spoke to a man, and essentially I told him I need to see the financial statements, and they declined. He declined. And I said, you know, you cannot decline. This is a nonprofit organization, and by law, this information is public. 
Well, he's still declined. And then I found out that most of their managers was were make, they were making probably about $150,000 a year. Yep. And I thought this, this... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com because you don't want to believe you want to know subscribe now to listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material proceed to the veritas plus member section or join the veritas plus family by subscribing click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com don't forget to visit the veritas store for focused life force energy get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.